Welcome everybody to podcast today for August 22nd, 2016. Last night, WWE held their annual SummerSlam show and I watched it and I wrote a review of it for Voices of Wrestling. So you can go read that there if you go to VoicesWrestling.com at the moment. But this is my, my audio review. Multi-platform. I'm multi-platform. You can get my takes in multiple places. So I figured just run down the card, talk about what I thought of the show. Maybe go into depth in some of the thoughts I threw into the review and talk about some things I didn't talk in the review to keep both separate. You can go read both different takes. Opening match was the, I don't even know how many, 12 tag i think it's 12 to showcase the smackdown tag team division or what will probably eventually become of the smackdown tag team division which doesn't doesn't really fill you with much hope the match was was good it was what you'd expect the match to be but like the usos are painfully stale breezango have potential but they're treated entirely as comedy acts the ascension or the ascension the vaudevillains are the vaudevillains high pros high pros are okay <laughs> and jordan and gable are great but yeah doesn't fill you with a lot of optimism about the tag team division there's not a lot of great tag teams on SmackDown at the moment. There's certainly not a lot of interesting ones. There's pretty much one interesting tag team on SmackDown at the moment. Match was good, though. It was what you'd expect. Second match, Sami Zayn and Neville against the Dudley Boys. Zayn's big showcase match on the second biggest show of the year. Or third biggest show, depending which you prefer between the Rumble and SummerSlam. Against the Dudley Boys on the pre-show. At least they won. It wasn't very good. But at least they won. Dudleys look like they're splitting up, and they, they really should split up. It's 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 been long overdue, especially how bland they've been for the entire year they've been back. They were never nostalgia acts in TNA. They're always, like, pretty good members of the roster. They usually contributed. They pulled their weight, and they have considerable weight. Now, even their last few months in the company, they had that great series with the Wolves and the Hardys. They were, they were delivering. And then the second they went to WWE, it's like... Oh, what happened to you guys? Especially Devon. Devon has regressed tremendously, which is unfortunate because Devon in his day was a hell of a worker. Devon is a good pro wrestler. People shouldn't forget that. The match existed to exist. <laughs> Just happy these people show up and be on the show. It was alright. It was a pre-show match. But the best of the three pre-show matches was the first match in the Best of Seven series. Sheamus defeated Cesaro. I, I would have actually liked just to see Cesaro beat Seamus four times straight. You know, you're going to make this guy be important. You're going to make him matter. You're just going to have him walk in there and beat Seamus four times. Seamus is, is disposable these days. Or Well, now that Seamus has won, now have Seamus win four times. That's how you reheat him. It's just like, yeah, he dominated him. He's great. Now we need to go have him wrestle Finn Balor in a battle of Irishmen. Because the Irishmen are dominating WWE and the Irish Lady. We have three of them at the moment on the WWE roster. And one of them is a universal champion. Champion of all of the universe. But yeah, Seamus and Cesaro was very good. You'd expect that out of them. They're too good not to have good matches. And we're going to get another seven of them. That's just the pre-show. This show... The problem with the show is by the time you got to Styles and Cena, which for most shows would have been like the main event, it's just... I don't want to see any more of this. you <laughs> tired. But we'll get to that in a minute. Jericho and Owens defeated Enzo and Cass, which is an interesting booking choice, solely because Jericho and Owens are a thrown-together team and Enzo and Cass are supposedly in the new hot tag team act and Enzo and Cass lost. Match wasn't very good. It was aggressively formulaic. Never-ending heat sequence on... Enzo. Enzo and Cass did their throwing dive thing and looked like it nearly killed Enzo and at one stage that will kill Enzo. Best of this was just Jericho and Owens bantering at each other and shouting at each other from ringside and from the apron. That was good fun. Match wasn't very good though. Well, it was fine. It wasn't a bad match. It was just bland. Very, very bland. Not, not the kind of hot opener you'd want. And I don't, as I said on the, the preview, I don't care much for Enzo and Cass. They don't do much for me. Charlotte and Sasha Banks had a match in which Sasha Banks nearly died at least twice. There was a spot where Charlotte was doing a, a sidewalk slam onto the top rope, but then just kind of dropped Sasha, and Sasha bounced off the ropes and landed on the top of her head. 
that was not advised and apparently Sasha came into this match injured anyway and that that certainly didn't help and then there's also a spot where where Sasha countered the razor's edge I suppose that's what, what Charlotte was going for into her hurricane ran off the top and Sasha landed on her head again <laughs> I'm really not a very good pro wrestler if you keep on killing yourself. And while that certainly did lend the match a certain degree of drama, that is the wrong kind of drama. I do want drama derived from the fact that these wrestlers are possibly going to die at any second. I really don't want to see them hurt themselves. That's really not the point of pro wrestling. You saw Nakamura dislocate Samojo's jaw on NXT TakeOver. So... That's not how you're supposed to do wrestling. The point is not to hurt each other. And freaking Brock Lesnar bust Randy Orton open hard way in the main event. So there's a lot of people not being good pro wrestlers on this show. Or th this weekend even. If you can't have good pro wrestling matches without actually hurting each other. That kind of defeats the purpose. You're not very good. This match was good. But messy. It fell apart here and there. They nearly died a couple times. But there were some really good exchanges. They won the crowd back after their sh very, very, very shaky start. But now, when you have spots that dangerous and you nearly hurt each other, can't can endorse that stuff. And it, it shouldn't be endorsed. It should not be encouraged. It's like, don't hurt each other. That's the point of pro wrestling. Miz beat Apollo Crews with a mid-card match. Who cares? Miz retained. That is the extent of my takes on that match. AJ Styles defeated John Cena in a tremendous match. Really, AJ is so good. AJ is just, is just insanely good. And Cena's great in his own right. But AJ is among the best pro wrestlers ever. He always delivers. And like there was a period in the middle of this match where it just felt like they were trading moves and it didn't feel like a, a kind of cohesive match. It didn't feel like a whole and it didn't feel like it was building and building and building. They were just kind of doing moves and then they brought it all back together though toward the end when Cena just threw everything he feasibly possibly could at Styles and he just couldn't beat him. That was the story of the match. Cena threw everything possible at Styles including a top rope AA which I'm not sure anybody's kicked out of. Somebody probably has. Cena everyone's kicked out of Cena's moves at this stage but Styles kicked out and then pinned him with a Styles clash and followed by the flying forearm which is still a lame finish the flying forearm it doesn't work as a finish it's contrived every time he has to go out to the apron but nonetheless great match Styles is awesome Cena's awesome much better than their match what two months ago or however long ago that was best match on the show as well that's where I kind of lost interest in the show because like I've already been watching for like four hours at that stage or two three and a half hours and then everything after that was like, uh, just felt like a drag. The club defeated the New Day by disqualification after the New Day deliberately got disqualified when Big E interfered, being cheerleaded by the announcers of heels that that it's terrible, but Big E just walked out and beat up Gallows and Anderson after Jon Stewart saved the New Day from losing the belt a couple of times. So unless they're punished tonight on Raw for, you know, cheating a number of times, what's the disincentive? Why don't you, why don't you just do that in every match if you get away with it? WWE is a lawless world. McFoley and Stephanie McMahon are not running a tight ship. The match was no good, though. Literally nothing going on in the match. The match was entirely a vehicle for John Stewart stuff. Dean Ambrose defeated Dolph Ziggler. The match was okay. People didn't really care, which I think speaks less to the, the work they did in the build and more just to the degree that people just don't care about these two at the moment. Like, Ziggler came off the back of a, a bunch of stuff with Baron Corbin before he, he went into this, so it's not like Ziggler is flying in with a ton of momentum. He's working with one of the most lifeless lugs on the WWE roster and then Ambrose has been slowly slowly falling off a cliff for the last like year now as a character like I don't know who Dean Ambrose is he's been on the WWE main roster for like four years now no idea who he is other than he's crazy and he's wacky and he's loony and now he's kind of a heel I'm not sure he is the heel in this program but I don't think they've officially turned him whereas they did some good work with Ziggler where they're trying to flesh out his motivations and it's like oh I'm showing off and I steal the show but what good is that if I don't win and he had to kind of prove himself and prove that he could win. And he didn't win. He lost. But still, at least they did some character work with Ziggler in the build-up to this. 
Then he lost. Well, they, they tried. Ziggler outworked Ambrose. I'm not one of these people who hates Ambrose, even though I've never liked Ambrose. It's kind of ironic. But <laughs> yeah, wasn't very good. Uh, they had the, the six Divas tag where they teased Eva Marie despite the fact she was suspended for failing a wellness test. Uh, it served as the teaser for the eventual SmackDown women's division, and I don't want to see that. Finn Balor defeated Seth Rollins to become WWE Universal Champion. All of Finn's flaws kind of came out in this match. And I think the Demon King thing, which, God, they have no subtlety about, because they said it, I think, like, I have the official number in front of me. 29 times they said the words of the Demon King in this match. But I think that kind of works in Finn's favour, because he's just not very good at showing emotion. He's very mechanical, and he's very robotic, and he's, he's great, technically, but in terms of just dragging that audience in with him and really connecting with them, it doesn't really work. So maybe doing the kind of distant, aloof doesn't really need to emote in any way demon shtick might actually work in his favor it worked in nxt people loved him he was a very successful champion in nxt so you can't really question how good his work has been he's done good work especially in terms of leading a brand and, and growing a brand but it was a very good match it wasn't quite a great match it was better than the the WWE title match anyway i want to see finn work with someone who might actually be able to do something different with him because rollins has the same problems connecting he rollins is, is very athletically gifted but not really great at connecting with the audience at least as a heel especially when he's doing his triple h mini me shtick yeah balor won the second irishman to win a major WWE title in his first title match so good for balor that was first pay-per-view match as well him and sheamus doing us proud representing us on the the world stage rusev and roman reigns fought for a while no one cared <laughs> and then brock lesnar oh i'm sick of brock i'm i'm entirely sick of brock because he, he serves no purpose he, you cannot do anything with him anymore because even if someone beats him, he still beats the living hell of that person for like, I don't know, 15 minutes and they probably grab a slip and a banana peel finish. Like, Reigns was the time that somebody should have beaten him. Reigns should have taken everything Lesnar could throw at him, fire back and win. But they, they took the cheap way out of that money in the bank and didn't do a real finish. And now Lesnar's just still there. He's still the most featured act in the company in spite of failing a UFC drugs test last month. He's still, like, presented as the most dominant wrestler in the company at the expense of everyone else because everyone else looks like a geek in comparison. Like, Randy Orton is the second most pushed WWE wrestler of the last decade. He's the second biggest star that company has had for the last 10 years. Longer, last 15 years, give or take. And Lesnar steamrolled him and then punched him in his face a lot and won by technical knockout. He, he literally decimated Randy Orton. He also busted Orton open hard way, which is unprofessional, and Lesnar has afforded those kind of concessions for, for reasons I don't understand. No one else gets that, no one else can use blood, never mind literally drawing blood with your own fists and elbows. Lesnar has only put the wrong people over, he put Triple H over when he didn't need to, he put John Cena over in his first match when he did not need to, and he put The Undertaker over this time last year. Those are the people that Brock has lost to. He smashed Dean Ambrose. He, he literally murdered Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. It made Dean Ambrose look like a, a mid-card geek. He beat CM Punk. This squashed and beaten a variety of people on, like, Raws and network specials. He serves no purpose anymore. He is not worth the money. He's not really an attraction anymore either. No one tunes in to see Brock. He doesn't do anything interesting. He does the same thing over and over. When he massacred John Cena at SummerSlam two years ago, that was special. That was something different. That was something that had never see, been seen before. That was two guys being put into a title match and one guy just murdered the other guy. <laughs> Literally destroyed him on every level in one. 
that was totally novel, totally new, and now it's extraordinarily stale. Sick of seeing it. Sick of seeing Lesnar. Sick of seeing him do the same thing over and over again. And sick of seeing him being presented as the biggest guy in the company, only to disappear. He's not going to be on Raw tonight. He had this big angle where he beat up the SmackDown general manager and he destroyed Randy Orton. And he's not going to be on Raw. And that's the problem. Oh, Suplex City. I'm sick of the Suplex City formula. I've talked about this. But, like, that was a kind of a spontaneous, organic moment. It was the kind of thing that, that just came out of his mouth while he was throwing Roman Reigns around. And then it was turned into the, the most annoying marketing gimmick of all time. And it's because WWE doesn't do anything with subtlety. They just bash you over the head with it over and over and over and over again. I, I'm sick of Lesnar. I'm sick of him. The match was alright. They built the whole thing around the fact that Orton could hit the RKO and that might be it. And then he did hit the RKO and people didn't buy the near fall. Which I think is partly a problem that people think Brock is unbeatable to the degree that they don't buy that anyone can beat him. And no one buys finishers the first time in this company anymore. Because everyone kicks out of them. In every big match, the first finisher, you have to wait till the second finisher before you can really buy the, the near falls because you know they're going to kick out because they, they burn those finishers so often. Yeah, SummerSlam was a weird show. Basically, every second match was good and then every second match was bad. So it was a very strange show. They just alternated good and bad matches. The good matches were good, though. Then the bad matches were bad. So <laughs> if that's your kind of show, SummerSlam's your kind of show, especially if you want to watch all six hours of it. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network. A new episode of the weekend show will drop sometime today, maybe tonight. It's a weekend show where Ken quizzes me about SummerSlam. You can also subscribe on YouTube or follow me on Twitter at GaryKidnyGA or E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.